Welcome to the Echo Cast. I am Bond Diesel. This is episode 58. While we wait, how are you? I hope you are well. If you're new, this is a podcast mostly about the division and now the division two stuff that's going on in the community, stuff that's going on in the game, news, and a little bit of my opinion. This week, I will give a talk about a little bit of division to news and tidbits, some community discussion, and uh, one listener question, I believe. Uh, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, please check out my Patreon. Uh, you can go and check it out at patreon.com slash theechocast. Uh, right now, through the end of this month, May, uh, if you join in at any of the tiers, uh, you'll get three stickers mailed to you from me. Uh, plus uh, all the benefits that are listed on the page. A link to that should be down below. Okay, so this is where I typically do a state of the game uh, recap, summary, thoughts. And uh, because of some holiday, Labor Day in May in Sweden, uh, and I guess in other countries in Europe, uh, there was no uh, no state of the game. Apparently they mentioned it during the state of the game last week. Um, I must have missed it when I watch stay of the game from work and do my summaries. I'm watching on a two megabit connection, so I'm getting lots of stuttering and I definitely missed some stuff. So, so no stay of the game recap this week. I assume we'll have one coming uh, this coming week. I assume that we'll get some announcement of the end of the uh, PTS. Hopefully some dates, some ideas of when the raid and the patch are coming. Again, like I said before, I really hope we're going to get the patch a week or two before the raid. If they come on the same day, it's going to be a hot mess while everyone tries to figure out their builds with all of the changes. So, uh, Division News. Not much this week. Going to be totally honest, this podcast may be fairly short unless I really get to ranting about something. Um, It was pretty quiet as far as I could tell, but we'll talk about what we found. Um, they did release a small patch uh, that fixed the PC uh, loading issues people were having. Uh, there was an issue that was causing something to initialize like 20,000 times. I saw that on Reddit. And so it was causing normally a pretty quick load up at the beginning, uh, right when you start the game, to last, I think, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. And uh, people were a little, a little upset about it to the point where I saw people saying they were quitting the game because of it. But. You know, if anyone's been paying attention and isn't a completely sensational and uh, silly person, uh, you know, it's gotten a little annoying, but, you know, is what it is. Uh, if you're around for the release of the first game, or really any other game nowadays, uh, these reactions, the, the loudest people representing the fewest people, uh, you know, typically are, they're pretty loud, so... But yeah, that patch was good. Uh, it seems like it fixed it for most people. I saw a few random reports that maybe it didn't completely fix it, but um, I haven't seen anything official yet. Uh, one thing to look out for, uh, just from kind of a cool factor, um, a bunch of environmental developers and designers uh, made a bunch of tweets this week. I want to say I saw six or seven different ones 
where there must have been some embargo that was lifted that allowed them to post a ton of uh, of, of uh, you know, screenshots of their work, of concept uh, art and stuff like that. Um, if you want to check out my Twitter uh, under Bond Diesel or uh, the Division Two Hub Twitter, it's at the Division Two Hub. Uh, I retweeted as many of them as I found. So uh, check those out if you like uh, cool backgrounds and stuff like that. There should be a whole bunch of them uh, that you can find and, um, you know, check out and steal, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, uh, for good uses and not, uh, to take any credits. So check those out. Uh, there was also, I think a release party. I don't know if there were ones at multiple studios, but I'm under the impression that, um, Ubisoft massive in Sweden had a big, uh, release party for the game. Uh, you know, these people deserve it. I think I saw a few people like, well, why are they having a release party, you know, a month after the game was, well, they were a little busy right when the game released. So I'm sure things are calming down a bit over there, despite the work that on that is ongoing. And I'm glad that they all got a evening to celebrate. They deserve it. Uh, you know, obviously the game isn't perfect, but hopefully no one actually expected it to be just like any other game or really anything else in life. Uh, that said, uh, the game's pretty darn good. And, um, I'm really happy. I've, I've seen, I've tried to f kind of, uh, wade through, uh, the, the, the longer term people, uh, in, in the, in the community and people who I knew, uh, were going to play through all of the content in one week. And I've been trying to kind of pick up the opinion of people who, you know, maybe only get to play a few hours a week who I've um, never played the first game. And, um, I, I think if you sampled the entire player base, you would see, um, significant happiness in, in the community. And, um, I know, especially someone like me who follows a lot of vets and some people who just have their own opinions on the game. And it's sometimes you kind of get caught up in, in that and, and think that maybe things are worse than they are, but, uh, you know, it's good to kind of look a little deeper and see how many people are really happy with the game. And I really am glad that the developers, uh, got that opportunity to celebrate and hopefully have some drinks and, uh, laugh a bit and, just celebrate what they've done. The uh, community topics I'll jump into. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what I think the Division 2 was going to show at E3. Um, uh, to ask, you know, kind of talk about whether or not I think this game is like rewarding. And just talking a little bit about expectations versus reality. But before I go there, we're going to have a smooth transition into mid-roll time. Okay, so the first topic, um, what do I think they're going to show at E3? So uh, we know we're getting the raid here in the next um, couple weeks, I assume. Um, what? Uh, so, I mean, E3 is about a month away, uh, if you're listening to this, in the coming week. So um, what I'm guessing is E3 for Division 2 is going to be a big reveal for um, the first DLC. Uh, I believe it's the Outlands or something like that. I, I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, but it's the one that is supposed to take place in the surrounding areas. Um, so there's a lot of uh, theories and people wondering what that's going to be. It's interesting because so far, uh, the majority of people I've seen seem to think that uh, the Pentagon will kind of reflect a little bit um, what Underground was in the first game, which I actually agree with. I, I, I think that's going to be a thing. Um, and I've seen a lot of people think that the third DLC, uh, that basically we don't know anything about, is going to be survival. So here's my 
contention. And here's my guess and my speculation. I believe um, E3, they're going to showcase survival in Division 2, and it's going to be, be the first DLC. Um, if you think back, you think, you know, how how. what's funny is that the the community uh, as a whole didn't really like survival ever in the entire life of it because it died there there you know you were lucky to get a full game of people um pretty shortly after release of the dlc um but especially late in the life of division one there was a big resurgence in survival and there was a very uh, you know, relatively small but very dedicated community to survival and i was a big uh, member and or participant in that um splinter shield and some other people were definitely the biggest drivers on it um, and they did a great job promoting uh, survival saturdays and things like that uh, and doing tournaments which was so cool um, but uh, it's interesting to me that people think that they're going to hold off on the third dlc uh for survival um I, I think it's, I've thought for a long time, survival is going to be the first thing they put in our faces. So uh, my guess is that at uh, E3, they're going to have a big reveal trailer, um, have some devs talking and doing interviews um, about the first DLC. I think survival, I think you know, going into details about how they changed it from the first game, how they, you know, I, I suspect survival will have more of a BR uh, battle royale feel to it um, but hopefully it, it retains some of the the really unique things about survival and uh, i'll be curious to check that out i wouldn't be surprised if they tease the second and third dlc a little bit um, but i'm mostly expecting uh, e3 division 2 coverage to be based around that first dlc so i think that'd be great i think that the, what this game probably needs is survival i talked last week about twitch viewership and stuff like that um you know, people only want to watch missions be played so many times. They only want to watch, you know, you know, so much grinding and stuff like that. Uh, this is probably a controversial thing. And if you don't agree, I, that's fine. You can tell me all about it. But I, I really don't think the, even PvP in the first or even in the second game is, is really that fun to watch. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm not that audience. What do I know? Um, the second topic here is just talking about, like, is the game rewarding? Um, I've seen that topic come up a lot on uh, Reddit and so on and so forth. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, I I think I kind of get both sides of it. Basically, it's, you know, people are at Gear Score 500. Um, and, and what's interesting is I think it just really depends on people's motivations. I think people need to realize that like from destiny and stuff like that, there's people who wanted, who, who grinded the 500 gear score, even if their build is complete garbage and then they're, they're done. They, they don't until there's new content to play. They don't have any desire to, you know, optimize their build to make it better, get better guns, get better talents and everything, synchronize their build at all. They just hit 500 and they're done because that's all that matters. And then you have other people who, you know, want to, you know, get one or two loadouts good to go, maybe like a PVP and a PVE loadout completely maxed out and in really good shape. And then they're done. Um, and then you have people like me who kind of just like playing the game. Um, I've only really got one loadout I really like, and I've got another couple I I'm okay with. And then a couple more that are complete garbage. I'm just trying to get started on them. Um, and people who, you know, like for me, like I spend a lot of time in the game and I'm spending a lot of time right now just going through and taking screenshots, working on hashtag division shots, um, working on other projects and things like that, um, kind of on my own. And 
if I find a, a gear piece that gives me something better than what I have, I'm pumped. Um, I am, you know, trying to find specific gear. Though I will say that's kind of leveled out for me while I'm waiting for this um, title update three patch because I don't want. I'm try. I, I've been paying attention a bit. I've been trying to, you know, get rid of gear with talents I know are going to be pointless. Uh, you know, hold on to gear that has talents that should be better. But you know. Yeah, I get, I get both sides, but I, I think that the argument that the game isn't rewarding and stuff like that, I, I think that the same people who are motivated to play this game four, five, six, seven hours a day since release are the same ones who are the most motivated to jump on Twitter or in Twitch chat or on YouTube or on Reddit and scream about how they're bored or how they don't like the game anymore. They're not coming back, blah, blah, blah. I, like I kind of said before, I, I really think that the vast majority of people are still having fun with the game, um, are still enjoying the game, are excited about new content. Um, and I think both of those groups are important and they should be heard out and listened to. But sometimes I feel like a, vi a vocal minority in this game and just in stuff in general in life gets, um, you know, the squeaky wheel gets gets the, you know, gets the attention. Uh, and, and maybe it shouldn't always... Um, there's a there's a big difference I've noticed, and sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, but you know, there, there there's people who are genuinely upset about things and want to be heard and are willing to listen and interact. Um, and then there's people who just want to be seen. Um, so what I've noticed is that if someone who's generally pretty cool, pretty pretty nice, pretty interactive, um, has a has a kind of a angry outburst or thought. Um, I, I think that's pretty important to take that seriously and, and look into it and, and try to engage there. Uh, what I found is that if, if someone is uh, behaving interesting in an interesting manner, um, but they're also ones that are basically always negative, um, always you know starting up drama, you know, subtweeting people, things like that. At the end of the day, you got to pick your battles, in my opinion. And I think that the devs and CMs do the same thing. And uh, at some point, there are people that are just worth ignoring. Um, with me not spending as much time on all this stuff as I was because of you know stuff I'll talk about in a moment, um, I'm, I've kind of just been trying to filter out the fluff at this point. If people have really cool, interesting stuff, if people are doing really cool and interesting things, I think it's really awesome to, to promote them, to talk about them, talk to them. Um, but I'm just kind of too busy, and I think most people should be too busy uh, to, to engage in all the silliness that, that, you know, some people get into. So is the game rewarding? I think it's super rewarding. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, especially if you think back to the first game, if you think back to some of its competitors, um, yeah, there, there's not 12 hours of gameplay seven days a week for five years in this game right now. It's not realistic. No game has that. And, uh, the people who expect that, you know, you, you make your own bed <laughs> in my opinion. So, uh, and then the little last bit here is kind of on the similar tone of like expectations versus reality. It's why I said at the beginning of that last part of, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with wanting a game to be perfect with wanting fixes to happen yesterday with wanting balance, um, to, to be easy and perfect and satisfy 100% of the player base. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that, I've noticed a, a weird relationship with people of expectations versus reality. 
um, myself, you know, whether I'm looking at myself as a human being, as an adult, as a husband, as soon to be a father, as a friend, as a streamer, content creator, whatever, like I strive for perfection and I think everyone should. And I think it's okay to, to desire perfection from the things that you enjoy from the people who make your games from the restaurant down the, down the street that you go to, uh, you know, from other drivers on the road with you, it, it's, it's okay to, to strive or desire perfection from everything. It's unrealistic to, to think that's actually going to happen. Um, every time I bring up a topic like this, there's someone who says, you know, you shouldn't tell people to be okay with a broken game. You know, you shouldn't tell people to be okay with, with a, you know, with, with, with laziness or bad decisions or blah, blah, blah. So the first issue I have is, you know, the, the, the word broken is, is such a goofy word nowadays because it's something that people use, um, mostly to express an opinion, which it shouldn't, because if a game is broken, it doesn't work. You know, that's not an opinion, but that's a fact. Either a game starts up and plays as intended or not. Um, I guess it comes down to an opinion on whether or not you think a game like the division two starts up and plays as expected. I, I would say it inarguably does. I, I think it obviously does. Um, you know, the, the people who describe a game like division two, especially with some other games that you could compare it to call it broken, I think are silly. I think, I think someone who thinks the division two is broken at its core is someone who doesn't get the difference between expectations and reality. I think someone who feels the game is 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 good, but needs significant updates and changes and balancing and adjustments. I think that's fair. I I also think that there's this, this expectation and reality thing is is so interesting because, you know, there, I think uh, a big issue and 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 I get that I have unique insight on this because of various experiences, but you know that I think that with with most gamers, especially people not involved in the community. There's this idea that video games, you know, some ideas for a video game go into one side of a machine and then the video game pops out the other side and it's made by, by a company, not by hundreds of individuals who each have their little, you know, the little jobs on the game that all have to come together perfectly and then get pushed out that it's just this, this, this giant blob that ideas go into and come out of. Um, and, and, and I get it. That's fine. Um, and my job, I have a very different job than game creation, but we deal with the exact same issues. Um, the, the problem is that being inside that system, um, and, and, and then on the, on the game side of things, knowing people who make the game, getting to talk to people, getting to see stuff in the game before, you know, it came out and stuff like that. There was, there, there, there's a sense that you have that like, like I know in my job, uh, we have a bunch of consumers, I'll call them that, that, that you that uh, depend on our work, and what happens is uh, something can go wrong on their side. They can tell us that there's something wrong, but then you know we as a company are under the guise of a government, and we have to get approval from that government or get clarification from that government. And in my case, it's the state government where I live um, to clarify things or change things, and um, and they have similar you know everyone has a boss right and i guess that experience of you know there's times where we just can't fix a problem there's times where there's something wrong that we hate we know it's awful but we can't do anything about it and we're the ones who hear about it because you know we're the we're the customer facing 
And so, like, I guess just that experience, it kind of has made me more realistic, like, with this game. Like, with the Division 2. Should the Division 2 PvP experience and the DZ experience, I look at them in two, as, in two different ways, uh, be better? Well, absolutely. Sure, it should. Um, I, I think that the expectation should be that the Division 2 PvP should be satisfying um, for everyone. That should be the, that should be the, the desire. Everyone should love P PvP and Division 2. Now, the realistic side of it is that not everyone will. Um, one thing I've realized more than anything, uh, mostly from dealing with Division 1 and now Division 2, and I've applied it to basically my entire life, is this idea that you're never going to make everyone happy. See, the problem is, is that um, right now, I'm sure there's a, a, a good chunk of people who like PvP and Division 2. And there's a bunch of people, especially people who liked it in Division 1, which is a whole different topic. I, I, I won't go into that today. But say they made every change they needed to make in Division 2 to satisfy the people who don't like PvP in Division 2. They changed, they, they wrote down a list and Massive said, we're going to do this exactly. Well, once that was implemented, you would now have a whole new group of people probably a larger group of people who hated it who now dismiss pvp you know the same way that people are right now before any changes and so i think the issue is that there's a lot of people who i think there's a lot of people who one you know one group who each individual expects the game to be designed for them and and they that kind of person uh, is honestly just you're never going to make them happy and, and, and I, as much as I don't like this term or whatever, should just be dismissed because, you know, someone who's only thinking about themselves, I get it. They spent the money. They want a good game. But the idea of, of designing an entire game for one person, which I've seen this a lot in Division 1 and now Division 2, it's just silly. It's not going to happen. And then you have people who uh, kind of feel like they represent an entire group, you know, PvP or whatever. And I think that's more admirable because I think you'll sometimes see those people talk about things that they would like to see that maybe they don't even think is 100% what they want, but they know as a group or as a whole for the game, it's going to be better. And, and I can respect that. Um, PVE, PVP, whatever, no matter where you kind of represent yourself from. But and, and I think that like those two groups there, like the big difference is an expectation of perfection or a desire for perfection for oneself and a realistic expectation of you know trying to make it as good as it can be for as many people as possible. So I don't know. There was my rant to try to make this uh, <laughs> to make this podcast a little bit longer, but I just I really think that the the biggest issue I've seen um, is just that there's this weird relationship that the community um, and just people in general and all all parts of life seem to have a really weird um, understanding of you know, expectations versus reality. And I think the more that people think about that um, and, and put themselves in people's shoes and stuff like that, uh, maybe it'll make things a little bit better. Maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, there we go. So um, listener questions, we are going to jump into that and then we'll do some content updates and then we will wrap this thing up. So uh, uh, Shami Soul asked, uh, do you think we will see any exotic gear in Division 2? And if we did, will it work as a brand or gear set? Which one would you uh, rather see it work as? So um, I, I believe uh, exotic gear is confirmed. I, I believe 
we are getting exotic gear. Um, we obviously don't have it yet. Right now we have just brand sets and uh, a few gear sets. Um, my assumption is that it will be like Division 1 where uh, the exotic gear will be its own category. It'll be separate from brand sets and gear sets. Uh, at least I hope it is. Um, with as viable as brand sets are right now, uh, you know, it could be something like the Ninja bike where um, it's specifically viable with you know, high-end gear. Um, maybe even with gear sets in some capacity. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I definitely think we're going to get it, and I actually suspect it won't uh, be a part of either. I think it'll be its own third category, uh, or at least I hope so. Um, I'm actually one who, you know, in the first game, while everyone was going nuts over the gear sets, I assume mostly because, uh, you know, a lot of the vocal people, a lot of people making videos and stuff were PvP, um, were very gear set oriented. I pretty much preferred my Hexo till the end. Um, my, my Tactician damage build and my hexo were my best friends even in pvp uh mostly in skirmish uh for, as good as that was or wasn't so yeah i think it'll i think we'll definitely get exotic and i think it'll be its own category so content updates um just as a heads up there should be a link uh, there should definitely be a link on my twitter uh but there should be one here um however you're consuming this podcast uh, for a giveaway I am doing is uh, the Division 2 branded Amazon Alexa, Alexa Dot, uh, Amazon Echo Dot. Um, I have two of them I'm giving away. So these are given to me by Ubisoft. Thank you, Ubisoft. And uh, they can be all yours. They're brand new. I, the, I opened the box to look at them, but um, just to make sure they're good. Uh, but I've never even turned them on uh, to be totally clear uh, i actually don't really like those things that much that's why i'm more than happy to just give it away so uh check out the link for that uh that giveaway will be going till the end of may so make sure to get in on that um i did want to announce and congratulate uh, mike goes wild for winning uh, my merch giveaway uh, that had the comic books the merch uh, and all that good stuff so i believe he's already gotten that package you can check him out at, at mike goes wild uh, and i believe uh, you can check out a picture of it on there uh, I am continuing work on my new PC. Uh, I've ordered a case and some M.2 memory. Um, I already have a video card, power unit, uh, uh, large hard drive. Uh, I have a three terabyte, 7,200 RPM one. I may get like a one, uh, like a one terabyte SSD to put um, certain stuff on, uh, but we'll see. I may just go with the M.2 and the 7,200. Uh, RPM one, uh, I still need RAM, a CPU, a motherboard, and a copy of Windows. Uh, so the RAM and CPU and motherboard, I'm waiting. Um, I kind of want to see what these 3000 series um, Ryzen's are going to look like. I may end up just going with a 2700 after a price drop, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, and so I'm just kind of holding off on those for a few months. I may end up waiting until after the baby so we can uh, get all of our money spent on that and kind of see where we are at and I can try and make sure Bay Diesel doesn't murder me. Um, one quick note, if you're still listening and you have any advice on how to get the cheapest version of Windows 10 possible, I would appreciate it. Um, I know you can get like OEM codes, you so you download it separate, install it, and then use an OEM code that just gets no support from Windows. Uh, but I don't really know much about that and I'm not finding a ton of reliable info otherwise.
uh, as uh, from a content point of view, uh, there are three new Intel Insights videos on YouTube. I suggest checking those out. You um, should be able to catch me streaming soon. I'm really sorry. The streams have been really inconsistent. Honestly, we've been doing housework. We're trying to get ready for this baby. I've been doing yard work. Uh, we're finally uh, getting some dry weather a little bit, kind of, so I can, you know, take care of my adulting. And uh, honestly, I've just been spending a lot of time with the wife. I know that after the baby, things are going to be crazy um, for 18 to 20 years. And, um, you know, I'm trying to kind of enjoy this time uh, before that. So, uh, you know, please be patient with me if, you know, support me as you wish. Don't support me if you wish. I, I get it either way. Um, but I don't plan on going anywhere. I might just be a little more quiet. Uh, I am back to playing some volleyball, working out, eating well, um, trying to lose some weight, just trying to get into a better lifestyle and stuff before the baby comes so I can take care of me, so I can take care of the wife and uh, definitely take care of the baby um, and just be happier and healthier. Um, I, and I think the more I reach towards those things, um, even if I have less content I'm putting out, I think it's going to be a lot better and a lot more positive and a lot more useful to the community just in general. Uh, and then the last bit I have is actually a little bit of advice for any 2019 uh, E3 Ubisoft star players. Um, I went last year for 2018 for the Division 2 reveal. And uh, if anyone, if any of you are still listening, um, my, my biggest advice is to not expect anything. Um, I definitely made the mistake of thinking I was going to go be some Division 2 VIP and it was just going to be Division 2 VIP experience for the whole trip and we'd get exclusive panels and we'd get all this you know, behind the scenes gameplay and information and all that. And while we did get a little bit of that stuff, we definitely probably spent more time talking about like Starlink and Trials, which is fine. It's I personally don't care about those games like at all, but you know, it was, it was really fun seeing, you know, the people who made those games talk about them and be passionate. And that was, that was neat. But my, my biggest advice is to just go in and just appreciate like a once in a lifetime experience uh, to not expect if you're a division two player, it's probably not gonna be division two based. You'll definitely probably get some of that, but it's probably mostly going to be just everything Ubisoft. Um, and you're going to go eat bunches of good food. You're going to go stay in a probably, if it's the same hotel, it's insanely nice. It's almost unbelievably nice. And my, my biggest advice is to just not expect anything. Just show up, experience it, document it as much as you can, meet as many of the people as you possibly can, uh, and then just you know hold on to those memories. Because uh, in hindsight, I wish I would have done that much, much more. And uh, that's it for this week. So if you like the podcast, uh, please follow on whatever platform or subscribe uh, on whatever platform you're using. If you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. There's like 25 of them right now, and that is so good for me. And the more I can get, the better. It really helps me out. You can check out the podcast on YouTube. Uh, and if you want to see more on there, uh, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment with whatever you feel like. I am on Twitch, uh, where I stream multiple times a week, most of the time when I'm not hiccuping. Uh, and I'm on Twitter. Both of those, you can find me as Bond Diesel. And on my Twitter, you can find some links to other stuff, uh, including my Patreon, patreon.com slash TheEchoCast. That's all I have. Until next time.